The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1267. So way back in May, there was an interview in Vanity Fair with Mark Hamill, and he had some very interesting things to say about the character of Luke Skywalker as written by Ryan Johnson. Now that we have the benefit of hindsight, let's talk about what those fundamental differences might have been. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, this is Matt Moore from Comics with Kenobi, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7 the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and just to give you the, the background, the context, the refresher, if you will, here is the quote from Vanity Fair. It says, uh, Mark Hamill saying, I at one point had to say to Ryan, quote, I pretty much fundamentally disagree with every choice you've made for this character. Now, having said that, I've gotten it off my chest, and my job now is to take what you've created and do my best to realize your vision. So he did actually later clarify that because, you know, that was one where you're like, oh my gosh, if Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, is saying that he fundamentally disagrees with the choices Ryan Johnson made about his character, like, does that sound an alarm bell for us as Star Wars fans? Well... Later on, he said, Ryan Johnson is an amazing filmmaker, and if you look at Brick or Brothers Bloom or Looper, each film is different from the last one, and they're so inventive. I think people will be pleased and surprised. I know I was. I got in trouble because I was quoted as saying to Ryan that I fundamentally disagree with everything you decided about Luke, and it was inartfully phrased. What I was was surprised at how he saw Luke, and it took me a while to get around to his way of thinking, but once I was there, it was a thrilling experience. I hope it will be for the audience, too, unquote. Now, Mark Hamill is certainly entitled to his opinion and of anybody to have an opinion about Luke Skywalker. You know, his is going to be one of the most valid ones out there, right? So... I don't necessarily see any problem with him having this kind of opinion, although you have to wonder how much of it was, you know, backpedaling on the statement once fans sort of got up in an uproar about this, you know. I mean, it wasn't obviously all fans. It's just, you know, one very vocal segment can kind of cause a little bit of a ruckus as we've been learning over and over again over the years. But, you know, Mark Hamill is just such a, a decent person by all accounts that, I feel like it's a genuine, like, oh my gosh, I think people misunderstood what I was saying and that he wanted to go out and clarify and make sure that, you know, no one misunderstood him and, and thought that he was dissing Ryan Johnson or anything like that. But whether you characterize it as a fundamental disagreement or as a matter of surprise, the fact remains that there was a gap between what Ryan Johnson invented for Luke's character and what Mark Hamill thought it was going to be before he saw the script, or at least what ideas he had in his head about the character of Luke Skywalker and at what point he might be at in his life. So 
I think probably the gap begins with what Ryan Johnson has very frequently said was the nut that he had to crack to get the story going, which was the reason why Luke was on the island and why he was exiled. And that is, as Luke says in the movie, because he went there to die. And why would he do that? Well, you know, the reasoning that's given in the movie is that he utterly failed the students of his fledgling Jedi Academy and failed Kylo Ren or Ben Solo, if you will. Of course, Ray is quick to point out that Ben really failed Luke and not the other way around because Ben allowed himself to be seduced by the dark side of the force. And, you know, even though Luke had a moment of weakness, it was ultimately Ben who decided that he was going to embrace the dark side instead of stay within the light, even in the face of Luke's terrible mistake, which, you know, if the way that Luke told it the final time is the truth, then there was no threat to Ben in that moment. And even then Ben could have, you know, gotten himself into a defensive posture and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? And Luke could have possibly had time to explain, but nope, Ben was already given over to the dark side. And so there was no help for it. But Luke thinking that he had failed Ben, thinking that he had failed the students who were killed and thinking that he'd failed the students who decided to up and leave with Kylo Ren and presumably become the Knights of Ren. Yeah, Luke definitely doesn't want to do anything like that again. And I mean, I don't know how many students he trained before he trained Ben. I mean, I don't get the impression that he did really. Like, there's been no indication that he was training other students aside from Ben's class of students. But, you know, if that was his first attempt, then, gee, you know, it went so badly that he decided that he was just not going to do it again. And that's how Ryan Johnson sees Luke. But I have a feeling Mark Hamill would have said that Luke would have been, you know, up and at him again, right? He wouldn't have just taken the loss of this Jedi Academy sitting still. He wouldn't have gone off to be alone on an island waiting to die. He would have tried to create a new school. He would have tried to track down Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren and put a stop to them. And by the same token, I think that means that the scene on Crate would be different as well. He's been on record as saying that he thought the way The Force Awakens was going to end was that the lightsaber was going to zip past Kylo Ren and zip past Rey and would suddenly land in the hand of Luke Skywalker, that he would suddenly appear on Starkiller Base and would throw down with Kylo Ren at that point. Obviously, that didn't happen, but you can imagine that he had similar thoughts about showing up on Crate, not just as a you know, astral projection or anything like that, but in flesh and blood to be there to fight by Leia's side. And then, and then there's also the closing off from the Force, right? How Luke, when he was helping Rey, you know, reach out with her feelings and see what she could sense and the light and the darkness and the island and so on and so forth. But when she came out of her reverie, when she came out of that trance, she said that one thing she did not sense was Luke that he had closed himself off from the Force utterly. And so there are all these examples of things that don't seem like the character of Luke Skywalker, at least not the character of Luke Skywalker as Mark Hamill imagined it. And ultimately, it does boil down to that one choice. As Ryan Johnson said, you know, figuring this out was cracking the nut of the story. Why was Luke on that island? And him going there to die, as Ryan Johnson's answer is expressed by Luke in The Last Jedi, well... I guess that's sort of a partial answer, if you will. 
I think the base level, you know, root level initial disagreement was the idea that, you know, according to Mark Hamill, Luke would not run and hide. Luke would not go away from the Republic. He wouldn't be a part of this fight, that he wouldn't want to continue helping the New Republic in any way he possibly could. And interestingly enough, I mean, (laughs) this is the point where I throw gasoline on this whole thing. You know, he was absolutely actively involved in the events of the New Republic and so on and so forth in the old expanded universe. So clearly we are talking about a different universe entirely with this particular Luke Skywalker. But really, there doesn't have to be any fire at all. I mean, all we have to do is look back at Mark Hamill's clarifying comments about the whole thing when he says, I was surprised at how he saw Luke and it took me a while to get around his way of thinking. But once I was there, it was a thrilling experience. I hope it will be for the audience, too. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then, yes, indeed, we're going to give away another copy of the unofficial Star Wars The Force Awakens trivia book. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility, and I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but (laughs) in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane, and it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. All right, here we go again. SW7x7.com slash TFA for The Force Awakens. SW7x7.com slash TFA will get you right to the page on Amazon where you can order the unofficial Force Awakens trivia book for a mere $9.97 for yourself, for friends, and for family, whoever deserves a Star Wars trivia book in their lives. And as far as this contest goes, here are the details again. You must be 18 years or older to play. It happens on Facebook, but it's not endorsed or affiliated by them. It's open to U.S. residents only. And there will be a post on Facebook on our Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash SW7X7 or just search Star Wars 7X7. That's how it's spelled in your Facebook app to find our Facebook page. And when you find the post for this episode, comment on it with your answer to the trivia question I'm about to read to you. It has to be your original comment. If it says edited on there, then it will be disqualified. And if you are the first fastest to get the answer, you will win the book, but only on the day that you are fastest the first time. You cannot win on multiple days. Here we go. This is question number 257 in the book. It is, what were Han Solo's last words to his son? And Thank you again, as always, for listening. May the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go out into an asteroid cave, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It doesn't feel like rock, it's destiny unleashed. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.